I asked my kids what they might want to do with me when they get older. Here's what I found out. Take trips to the beach. Take a nice boat trip. Deep a sea boat fish. Trip. Are you biased because you live in Florida right now? Nope. I've always loved the water. I always love boats. What kind of boat trip would you envision? Invasion? I have no idea what that is. Envision, imagine, continue. Um, give me a center console, three 350s on the back, at least 32 feet, 32 foot per boat. Well, mom has a theory on what you guys will do when you guys are older. Um, for every three months of the year, you will spend it in one of our houses. So you guys won't have a permanent house. You will stay with uh, your four kids throughout the whole entire year. Are you going to get married? Yeah. You think your wife would have a say in that if I showed up for three months out of the year, every year? I mean, probably, but uh, maybe she'll like you. Maybe? I don't know. Oh, me neither. Well, hope so. Opening guitar riff by Mike. Awesome. Carters. I'm on the air. Yes, you are, Mr. Alan Harris. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> You're on the air. Broadcasting to <laughs> billions and billions of people who want to hear about Mr. Elmore Leonard. That's right. Yeah, all four of our listeners of the podcast. <laughs> well, I'll add four. Now we have eight. Okay. <laughs> Great. Double down. Perfect. All right. So, so for the uh, beautiful listening audience out there, we have Al Harris, and he's going to tell us a bit about his podcast. But before we do, I've just got some questions for him because he's kind of got a level set for us about, you know, what he does when he's not having fun things that we'll discuss. So, Al day job what's the grind that you do that pays the bills right so um i'm a gis analyst okay uh, geographic information systems so half of you are already falling asleep right now um so basically i make maps uh i work for michigan state university uh, they do research on health equity so what are the sort of social and community determinants of health and they're trying to uh shorten the gap the health equity gap okay um so we're kind of on the front line right now with the covid stuff going on yeah uh, because uh the virus is affecting people of color disproportionately so that's sort of our our charge uh, and so, yeah, we're doing doing really good work. Sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I, I forget I'm fighting the good fight because um, because you know it can be it's, it is a day job. You get up, you do work, you go back home, you pick up the kid from daycare, do it all over again, try to have fun on the weekends. Yep. Um, but I, I do enjoy it. It is a it, I I find a balance for sure yeah. with it. Well, if you enjoy it, it's usually not a job. It's something right. you get to participate with. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm curious. So your maps that you create, 
who do they go to, who sees them, who cares? Right. So we have academic articles. So that's sort of the science community. Got it. Um, but they've really been trying to push um, the everyday person needs to see them um, with everyday language. So that's actually where I have a lot of fun is trying to, I like minimalist design as it is already, but when it yep. comes to maps and infographics, I don't want the end user or the person that's viewing this to have to have all this context. Okay. How can you intellectually build something where it just makes sense instantly, but it still tells a story and makes an impact and, and yeah. So it can show up on the bottom left corner of USA Today and, you know, 17 million readers get it right away when they see the info. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's important. Yep. Lies, lies, and statistics, <laughs> as they say sometimes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's, um, that's encouraging, and, and that, that is honorable work, given the, the pandemic that's taking place right now. So, you know. For sure. people are staying safe and you're staying, um, you know, both informed and informing other people too with this. Yeah, for sure. And it, it is a very technical job, which I can sort of basically do from the laptop at home. So I am fortunate that, yeah, just staying inside, staying in my little cave, but <laughs> st still, still being able to contribute. And all right. Stuff, so. Okay. Hmm. It brings up a thought for later, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that because I've just triggered another point of interest. But that's not what we're <laughs> about today. So I want to want to get to the fun part of your life. So Al, you've got a podcast which I can appreciate, and um, I want to you elaborate a little bit about it. I've got some questions about your topic and how you do it. But the interesting thing that I've learned is part of your motive was to bring family together. For sure, right? Yep. So, so t tell us about. So, what's your podcast about? What's the name of it? And you know, who are you, who are you doing it for, really? <laughs> right. Um, so, our podcast is called the Elmore Len Nerds. N e r d at the end. So, uh, what's behind this? Right. So, it's a pun on Elmore Leonard, which is N a r d. Um, he's a writer from Detroit. He wrote. Uh, Western novels and short stories back in the 50s and 60s, and then okay. transitioned to crime. And a lot of his uh, stories and, and short stories have been adapted for film. Such as, um, Out of Sight with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Uh, Jackie Brown, which was a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Pam, Pam Greer, Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. Get Shorty with Gene Hackman, Travolta. Renee Russo, Travolta, yep. Andy DeVito, uh, Renee Russo. Yeah. Um, all sorts of them. A bunch of uh, Westerns, Joe Kidd with Clint Eastwood. Okay. Uh, 310 to Yuma, there was two made, one in 1957 and then one in 2007 with Russell Crowe and Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah, you wore all black in that, I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was our our first episode was covering those two movies at the same time and sort of comparing the differences and, and just talking about it in general. Okay. Um, so, and so the podcast, we it really is just a film review podcast, but we... So focus on the film, not the books. Correct, but we sort of, you know, we might touch on the book did this differently, or if I remember the book correctly, it was this, or 
some of the films were made first and then the novel came out, which means Elmore Leonard was writing the screenplay. It gets picked up, it gets turned uh-huh. into a movie, and then he, then he takes it and turns it into a novel. You don't hear that too often. I didn't realize that. I would have never thought that order would take place, but movie, screenplay, and then said, yeah, let's make a book too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he dabbled with Hollywood. He, he sort of tolerated it is how a lot of the, um, when I go back to look up articles on him, his whole motivation was, I want to live in Detroit with my family and write novels. So if I can um, sell a screenplay, which will allow me to have the money to live in Detroit and write novels and, and be with my family. So that was his whole thing. So um, looking up just with your Hollywood angle, I'm looking up something on imdb.com. Okay. And they've got some trivia. and Because uh, I wanted to ask you, like, do you know how they've got a mention here, but I didn't know if you've tracked how he got into Detroit, like what, what got him here or in, in, into that city to begin with, you know? So he, he grew up all over the place. He was, I believe he was born in new Orleans and they uh, um, traveled a lot, bounced around a lot and end up ending up in Detroit basically as, you know, his formative years were, were in Detroit. Okay. End up going into world war two into the Marines all right. time there got out went to detroit mercy i think for english oh they met yeah hang on u of d university of detroit yeah yeah yep. okay see it yeah and and so he's he's basically he's been from michigan his whole life yeah okay um, and he he does use detroit a lot as the setting to a lot of books okay um, which is really fun like growing up and being familiar with these areas, some of them can be kind of travel loggy. Some there's a there's a book called Prime Evil, which I think, based on you know comparing his other books, is the most like let me drive around hmm. and spot this location because okay. he mentioned he, it's John R. Mason Avenue or Madison Avenue, uh, uh, DeQuinder, all this uh, suburbs in Royal Oak, all this stuff. Um, and so it's like one of those where you could drive around and be like, there's where that took place. That's Got where it. that guy, um, you know, <laughs> held up the bank here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also really known for this really bitey, witty, concise dialogue. Okay. Which a lot of people say, oh, it's, it's so accurate. But in reality, people don't talk like that. It's just, you would, you would hate me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, people want to believe they talk like that is I think what it is. And that's the appeal of his dialogue. It's, it's really concise. It's really just back and forth. So it's, it's almost like prime material for Hollywood. Okay. All right. (laughs) So, so Elmore Leonard, Detroit, for the most part, native short of birth and bouncing around a little bit Mm -hmm. in New Orleans. Um, looks like on imdb i was trying to see like how how much is this guy written he passed away in 2013 he was in bloomfield township it looks like when he passed mm-hmm. um they say here he wrote a book every year his last one was 2012 but i mean he had like 45 books he wrote a book every year um up until the year before he passed it looks like so yeah. 
that's crazy. That's okay. And across these genres that you're mentioning. And I've never heard of them until I talked to you, you know, while yeah. back and I saw your podcast being promoted. So I'm like, who is this guy? What's, yeah. what's driving the interest? Yeah. So our dad introduced us to him um, because another location that he puts a, his stories is Florida. So it's like okay. South Florida and Detroit are the two sort of during the eighties, early nineties, there was a lot of Florida uh, stories, which yeah. kind of like, he's starting to retire and live in Florida, I'm guessing. So he's naturally okay. like writing about South beach, Miami, all the yeah. bell glade, um, that sort of thing. So my dad actually grew up in Florida. Okay. Uh, he's, he grew up in Belle Glade and then graduated high school in Key Largo. Got it. Uh, right. Then came up as an adult to work in Flint. And that's where right. my mom. In, yep. In Michigan. Yep. Okay. And so my dad is the perfect Elmore Leonard fan because he's <laughs> familiar with those two settings very well. Yeah. Um, and so he, he really dug into them early. Um, and my brother Drew and I, who are also is on the podcast, we, for, for me at least, and I do believe him, we had a hard time reading as kids, like, okay. uh, young adult literature was so awful to us. We just could not keep our attention. Everything that was assigned at school, we were like, this is so boring. It takes forever for me to get through. It's such a drag. And it wasn't until our dad was like, um, try this novel. It's about a kidnapping and there's crime and there's really interesting bad guys. And there's a, a, a loner cop who has to somehow solve the whole thing. And there's a femme fatale and it takes place, you know, right here in our backyard or it takes place in Florida. And so uh, it was his books that really got me into wanting to read for entertainment. Ah. I was, you know, I had a question that I wanted to ask, are you a big reader? So you just answered, you know, what, what kind of turned. Yeah. Yeah. I was an awful reader. I was like, and I still read pretty slow because I just, you know, I'll go back and read paragraphs or reread chapters. Cause I know there's something, you know, I want, uh, there's something I missed or something, but I really enjoy it. Once I find it's gotta be the correct story. And from an early age, our, the house rule was, if there's a movie that might be inappropriate for your age, we can right. still watch it as long as we okay. don't then go outside and try to do what we just saw. As long as we, <laughs> they really hit home that this is a movie. These are actors. This is scenery. The film crew is behind it all. They're pretending. And so that was from the beginning. Like, this is just pretend you can enjoy right. it. I trust you for now. But if you go out and start trying to, you know, hit put people in front. Yeah. Then you can no longer do it. So that was always, you know, if these were the movies that we were watching as a kid, it makes sense that we should also want to read books about these. So, right. Okay. That is cool. That's a really fun story about um, what clicked with you, mm -hmm. you know, both get you reading and then with everything being relatively mm -hmm. close to where you were growing up and, and your dad, you mentioned your brother drew. Mm -hmm. So, and your dad and you. So it's a trio host. Is that right? Or a tri host? Correct. Your podcast? Yep. Okay. Yep. So what's, what's the format? What do you like? How do the three of you banter? 
<laughs> so, so it's completely unscripted. I have a basic idea of how we want to do it. I'm sort of, I wouldn't say I'm the leader, but because I was sort of doing the research, I talked to you about the anchor app, right. which is, yeah. is, it was the perfect amount of, okay, how much uh, technology is getting, get in the way the least. Yep. Out of the box, easy, yeah. low tech. And so how can we just get to the conversation and, and get to the topic? And so um, we kind of, I modeled it after a podcast that I listened to, which is called James Bonding. Okay. And it's, clever. it's two guys that break down uh, all the 007 films. Yeah. And, it's on my list now. And because that franchise spans decades, there's mm-hmm. almost something for everyone. There's the Connery era, the Moore, the Dalton, the Brosnan, the Craig. Awesome. Yeah. And so our the movie list of the Elmore Leonard adaptations are kind of similar in that there's something for everyone. The earliest film is 1957, 310 to Yuma. Okay. And there's a ton of Westerns through the 60s, 70s. You have things like um, Valdez is coming. We just covered that with Burt Lancaster. It's a Western, but that's when he's starting to fade into more crime. Okay. Um, and then you get into the 80s and you have, it, it's almost they're kind of mirroring what's happening in, in cinema anyways, which is just these big action films and yeah. Uh, kind of corny at times. Um, and then the nineties, you kind of have sort of like what people say are the best adaptations, which is out of sight and uh, Jackie Brown. And so, so out of sight is very much like a, a crime thriller. Right? Yeah, and for sure. It's, yeah. um, you know, George Clooney's character, Jack Foley escapes from Glade's correctional, which is Bell Glade. Okay. Which, Florida. Yeah. That's where my dad grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's right at the base of Lake Okeechobee. He escapes from prison, but runs into Karen Sisko, who's played by Jennifer Lopez, who's, who's a U.S. Marshal, and they end up getting thrown in the trunk and escaping. So there's this really famous scene where they're having dialogue in a trunk, <laughs> like for a big portion of the movie, and it's it's okay. it's really cool. Um, and so we tried to have a blend of Western crime, uh, you know, early, you know, from the fifties on to modern. So I think the latest one that was made was a movie called life of crime, which was based off, uh, the novel is called the switch. Okay. So that came out in 2014. So we're talking about like a pretty good variety of films to choose from. Right. Which makes for like a good topic of not everything's going to be the same. So, um, <laughs> so your dad's relating to the stuff that, you know, he tracked and then what you and Drew were able to relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get, you know, you got a generational span. If you're mentioning Burt Lancaster, who in his heyday in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and then, you know, you're getting people like Gene Hackman and John Travolta, you know, in mm-hmm. the mid 90s. Yeah. So it's, it's a perfect blend. And, so we kind of start off talking about the movie and we'll talk about different parts and we'll try to give like a, you know, a plot synopsis. And, you know, I still don't know what I want the listener to take away from it, but it's something like, A, you can go 
watch this movie for yourself. Um, or you can watch the movie before the episode. If you see uh, the episode is, is live and you're like, Oh, you know, that film is right. on Netflix. Let me watch it real quick. And then I'll, I'll listen to the podcast and know what they're talking about or vice versa. <laughs> listen to it, get sort of teased and then go watch the whole thing. Or the other side is if you enjoy just the meditative quality of listening to a podcast, you can hear <laughs> Um and so we, we let the conversation kind of meander wherever it wants to go. So if I have a question about my dad or to my dad about the 1970s, mm-hmm. um, I can ask him. So in one of our episodes, <laughs> we sort of flew through the movie and it ended up being like a 20 minute episode. And I was like, all right, I need to add some content. And so I actually just interviewed him of what 1974 Detroit was like. Hmm. And so he sort of just went into stories about where he was working, uh, like the Detroit Opera House or, and and told like this really cool story of that, the area that had burned down in the 1968 riots, still fenced off Wow, at that time. So however many years later, eight years later, yeah. it's still fenced off and nobody could go in that type of thing. So, and, and just seeing the change of Detroit as a city and, and just really wild stories because he was a stagehand for 50 years. All right. So a lot of his, his work environment was in these back alleys of these cities, loading and unloading big shows and, you know, co-workers are these really interesting characters like really intelligent um yeah uh, uh, journeyman uh characters who like you get a lot of entertainment out but they're uh, almost very compelling which is a very sort of elmore leonard thing um and so you know we just sort of delved into um yeah what was that like and if i have any um, particular questions related to something I see in a movie. Like we covered the big bounce, which there was two films, 1969 and then 2004. And they're okay. both awful, like awful, awful movies. I'm racking my brain to like, have I seen that? It doesn't sound familiar. What if I heard about it? Can I picture the trailer? I've Probably not. Like it, um, like Owen Wilson was in the 04 version. And then the 69 version was literally soap opera actors. <laughs> it was almost like a made for TV movie. Oh. Uh, and so, and so when a movie is just so horrible, then you start just paying attention. So we end up talking about like the interior design of the beach house and what, you know, I was like, what's the EQ on that base of the score of the film. And um, one of the characters was wearing, it was like a turtleneck sweater, but it was short sleeve. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was taking place in California. <laughs> so I had, que- I had questions for my dad. I was like, what, in the warm environment, you have a turtleneck. How do you make that decision? And so he, you know, he talked about Dickies and all that. Sort of thing. <laughs> um, so it's, it's sort of fun things like that, where it's just, we don't have to, we're not beholden to just talking about the film. Right. If you go on tangents, just embrace it. Um, and, 
and we'll see where it goes. And I, we, I, we try to make each other laugh as much as possible. Leonardo DiCaprio, I think he wore a short sleeve turtleneck in uh, Once Upon a Hollywood, or I, I just got the title wrong, but last mm-hmm. Tarantino, uh, Quentin Tarantino movie that I, yeah. I was watching it on a flight back for work. I'm looking like it is a horrible shirt. And, you know, yeah. puke mustard yellow, with brown stripes, and like unbelievable. Yeah. No, it, it fascinated me for, I was, I, I like wanted to be into that look, but how do you make that decision? Short <laughs> sleeves, but it's turtleneck. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> um, so let me ask you about, so you, the three of you are not in the same location when you do your podcast for the most part, your episode. Correct. Which, yeah, the app makes it really good for us to, um, connect that way my brother lives in texas okay um before uh the the quarantine happened i was going to my dad's house and sitting so he would just sit next to me got it we wouldn't have any microphones or anything he would just sit next to me and put the phone between us okay all right yeah. with, with my brother uh, and then then my dad went down to florida for three months at the beginning of the year so we actually had the basically the three-way call right and now even even now with all of us in quarantine, okay. we're still able to do it. So how fun. Um, I'm happy we made that decision to sort of go with an app that'll just That's really fun. Do it for us. Would um just any advice for other people out there who are trying to connect with family in this type of format? Any thoughts come to mind? Uh, as far as setting up a podcast? Yeah, or maybe something that a podcast or some other type of, you know, we all FaceTime, we all do Zoom and things, but I mean, you're really investing with your dad and your brother with a podcast here. Yeah, for sure. Like my, my dad had just retired um, like about 18 months ago. And so he lunches with me on a daily basis or on a, a regular basis. Um, and I remember he ended one of our lunches with, you've done a podcast before, right? And I was like, well, I did. It was, it was kind of an art project, but it kind of fell on its face. But it was, yeah. it was kind of a scripted sort of audio art project that I did. And I just called it a podcast okay. for the sake of just picking a one word to describe it. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've, you know, I've dabbled in that. Uh, and he was like, I was thinking about doing one. I don't know on what, but just give it some thought. So I went back to work for the rest of the day. I'm just kind of sitting there thinking, I was like, we should just do it on Elmore Leonard. We're like, <laughs> we're all, we're all cinephiles. We like, we could talk about movies constantly. And, and it is the topic where it elevates the room. Right. Because we don't, you know, we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about uh, the family drama. We don't talk about this and that. It's just, all just trying to make connections between this film and this film and here's something interesting and here's something you know and so that became the topic and was and then of course we had to figure out a name for it right and my and so that's how i reached out to my brother drew who himself is a pun generator (laughs) and i said what do we call it and he was like Elmore Leonard's. Leonard's. I was like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Here we have it. Oh, um, I love it. If if you yeah. had it to start over, so so two things. So your dad actually 
seeded the idea for for the podcast on this. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, Not for sure. Topic, but he said, "Hey, you know, thinking about a podcast." It was him, right? That's cool. Yeah, and and I think it 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 is a good thing to, you know, keep yourself busy, but make it something that you have to sort of work at, right? Um, and sort of build up. So, like, even this podcast, we knew we're going to stumble through it. We're not going to be experts episode one. And that's something like, let's learn. Let's, you know, let's feel like we have to learn something. Um, and that, that put starting a podcast in a good frame. So, okay. Good to you for my next question. If you did it over again, what changes would you make regarding doing the podcasts? Um, I want to say I might have in, invested in um you know maybe a microphone or something okay. like that but even that it's it's like whatever's we don't want anything that's going to get in the way of having to make it feel like work right um i, pro I probably wouldn't do as much editing as i do uh i i end up just pulling the trigger and downloading the audio and putting it into uh audio software that I have because okay. I'm a musician yeah and I end up tightening it up really you know really tight adding in music and doing these sort of blends and any if there was five seconds of a pause I would take that out and I would just make it real tight and make it sound like we just knew what we were doing the entire time right right it's smooth <laughs> but because, but because I did that that set the bar for the rest of the episodes and so that's what I'm doing so the <laughs> the time of recording to going live gets a little lengthy. Got it. If I'm busy that particular week. Um, but it is one of those things where it's just like, I'm, I'm such a perfectionist. Anything I do, even if it's for fun, right. has to be the best that I can deliver. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, so I sympathize yeah. with that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um any any other multimedia that you guys bring into when you talk about elmore leonard do you use any soundtracks from movies that you're streaming off youtube or do you do anything that kind of tees up action or you guys read from the books or anything like that when you guys are talking um one thing we were talking about doing is having a special episode on um uh, the 10 rules of writing by Elmore Leonard. I'm so he has them right now. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it all has to do with these 10 rules where he's basically like, don't add a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. that doesn't need to be in there. He's specifically uh, interesting. I was focusing on his use of verbs. He says, and again, this is on the imdb.com site mm -hmm. that I went to when you were starting to talk about him. He his rule. Number three is, Never use a verb other than said, quote unquote, said to carry dialogue and never yeah. use an adverb to modify the verb said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and his dialogue, it's, it's really, it's almost, you have to, sometimes you have to go back and, and figure, because he just does the next line dialogue rule. Okay. Um, and so sometimes I'll get lost because there'll be, like a page and a half of just next line dialogue and you're like and be like wait what? who yeah who's saying that now <laughs> are they changing are they changing their tone oh no it's the same right so. right 
Yeah. Um, but a lot of it's like, don't, don't start a chapter out with describing the weather unless you're really good at it. Um, <laughs> and so it, he is really a master of concision. Like he just wants everything to be concise and don't waste a reader's time. Uh, he calls it hoopty doodle, which is, which is like, this is the author saying, look at me, look how I can write. Rule number 10, try to leave out the part that readers tend to skip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. You know, yes, so right. said about the dialogue because one of my favorite authors, he sadly passed, relatively young guy, Vince Flynn. He's written a lot of geopolitical thrillers around hired assassin from CIA. Okay. He did a phenomenal amount of research with the intelligence community. He wrote one book that um, portrayed all the safe rooms in the White House, which were pretty fact-based. And I guess George W. Bush had pulled him aside at an event at one point and goes, hey, you know, I don't appreciate you giving away all of our secrets, you know, in the White the House. Heck? But his books, I would read them in bed and I would go back to the dialogue. So, you know, you're reading by yourself, so you're reading quietly. I'd go back and read dialogue out loud. I'm like, that's a good line. I would like to hear that line in a movie, right? You know, the, you know, this guy screaming at the attorney general in the Oval Office in front of the White House, standing on the seal on the rug, screaming at the attorney general, you know, threatening her in front of the president. And I'm like, that's really good dialogue. But to say it out loud, it even makes it more fun. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Like I said, like his dialogue is um, like Hollywood ready most of the time. <laughs> okay. All right. That is great. Um, have you had other people on your podcast talking about Elmore Leonard outside of your brother and dad? Yeah. So uh, we've only had one guest, my friend Glenn. Um who's just a, he's a, he's a librarian, sorry, he's a librarian for the CS Mott Foundation. Yes. Okay. And, um, he's like my go-to as far as like, do you have this movie? Have you seen this movie? And most of the time it's always, yes, I have it or <laughs> yes, I've seen it. Uh, so I told him about this podcast and I said, you know, here's the list. I sent him the list of the remaining movies we have yet to cover. Do you want to pick one? Uh, he, his, um, his pick was kill shot, which came out in 2009. Okay. And it stars Mickey Rourke as a native American. Oh my gosh. He's a wrestler, <laughs> the druggie, he's a native American, Mickey Rourke. Yeah. So there's some, um, there's some, uh, insensitive casting that happens there, but it also stars, uh, Diane Lane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which was, uh, my friend Glenn's first on-screen crush. <laughs> and so we actually, we opened that episode out with talking about our on-screen crushes. Okay. <laughs> just to, just to sort of flavor it for the episode. You're, you're actually motivating me because I'm just, I'm reading here and I'm looking. I didn't realize Elmore Leonard was the writer who spawned the FX series Justified. with Justified, Justified. yeah. And yeah, Raylan Givett. I never got into it, but the previews always looked good. I know the series is over now, but you know, it was 10 years ago when it came out. Yeah, he was, um, he wrote that character, Raylan Givens, um, and was sort of 
like an executive producer as it was being made. So it kind of got his um, seal of approval. A lot of these movies that were made, very few of them are uh, loyal to the book work. Okay. Loyal to his, his sort of his, his vibe. Cause sometimes, sometimes they'll replace the humor, there's always sort of this really subtle humor in a lot of it. They'll exchange that for just really graphic violence. Hmm. Like okay. That happened in the 80s a lot. Uh, and so sometimes it doesn't track. So that's kind of what we talk about is like how, how, how um, honest is it? How faithful? That's the word I was looking Got for. It. How Got faithful it. Okay. is it to his work? And very few of them actually make the cut. But... uh and, and it doesn't necessarily, it's not because they ch- make any changes. Usually it's a tone problem. Like okay. the tone of it was so angry and dark and stuff. And that's usually not what the situation is with his uh, books. Like Jackie Brown, Quentin Tarantino took the main character, changed her last name to Brown. So it can be Jackie Brown and had Pam Greer, um, play her so in the book she's uh, a white blonde lady and replaces so quentin tarantino replaces her with pam greer a black woman and takes it from florida to uh, los angeles Hmm. and um elmore said that's that that movie was the best adaptation of his work okay all right and so you so you can change things that you want to because Quentin Tarantino was more familiar with Los Angeles and can do work in that better. Right. Uh, but it was the tone that he got right. Hmm. Um, it's uh, there's a quote. They've got these quotes that he said. And to your point that you brought up how succinct he is, there's something that he talks about regarding the villains in his books their brevity of speech and he says you never tell the guy what could happen to him let him use his imagination he'll think of something worse in other words don't talk when you don't have to yeah and that's that's like timothy oliphant justified is i guess because we haven't seen it either um it's kind of that way okay um man or man or characters a few words (laughs) yeah we're ending doom possibly coming your way (laughs) yeah and that's kind of another thing about his books is that he almost has the villains are kind of i wouldn't say you want them to win but sometimes you find yourself like really compelled by them um i would say short of rooting for them sure but you're just like wow that's a really cool bad guy he's (laughs) <laughs> a lot of a lot of times there's always like this really wild really cool bad guy and then his helper is usually like this um unpredictable hillbilly okay um uh, that happens a lot in detroit where it's like this this guy he's he has bad intentions but he needs help so he has this guy who's from down south right and is just um isn't afraid to do something uh, unpredictable Okay. Does it usually improve or worsen the situation with this helper? Always, always worse. (laughs) So I feel that way some days about my day job. I'm like, what did I just do? I'm the helper. This is bad. (laughs) 
Okay, Alice, I've got one last question for you. Um, where can people kind of find your work, you know, with this podcast? Uh, say it, say it clearly again. I'm, you know, we're not doing advertising here, but just as a friend. So um, make sure we're clear. The name of the podcast again is? Uh, the name of the podcast is The Elmore Leonard's. L-E-O-N-A-R-D-S. Yep. Yep. Um, and the Anchor FM app and Spotify are the two uh, sort of platforms where you can hear that. Got it. Got it. Okay. Any encouragement for those out there who are thinking about getting into a good book while we're all stuck at home? Uh, yeah. Uh, go into that list of Elmore Leonard stuff. Um, the, the concise writing makes it sort of easier to read. Um, but the, the locations and the twists and turns uh, make it a very entertaining, entertaining read. And you have your pick of flavor. If you're into Westerns, you're into crime, you're into uh, Florida, Detroit, mm -hmm. uh, Oklahoma, Kentucky, <laughs> anywhere you want to go. All right. What's uh okay. Final, final. What's your favorite book? By him. Yes. Um, I think it is the switch because that was sort of the first one that I really got into where I said, wow, I'm reading for entertainment and I really mm -hmm. enjoy this. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That stood out. <laughs> love it. I love it. This is fun. Bringing family together through crime and Western drama. Excellent. Mm -hmm. 100. 100% there with, with uh, through, you know, yeah, like I said, your dad's with you, but your brother's in Texas. So you guys are yep. still connected to this. I like that. Yeah. Al, I love the discussion. Thanks for being on, beyond my day job. And uh, you got me jazzed up. I, I'm going to go figure out how I can go stream and binge watch uh, Justified. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. No All right. Take care, man. All right, bye. The show we talked about, Justified, four episodes into season one. It's really good. You got to check it out. <laughs>